Hi everyone, I'm Maddie. And I'm Nikita. And this is We Hate That. Yay, I'm excited for today's topic. This is crazy. Me too, but I'm also kind of nervous. Why are you nervous? Because, you know, we talked about gaslighting and I think even if you've gaslit someone before you may not even know it or you know you'd be willing to change you understand like yeah gaslighting is is bad but this one lots of people are involved in what we're going to talk about today and like it and reap benefits from it hmm yeah I can see how that's super tricky I think all of us (laughs) know at least like one person involved with it so we're probably gonna offend people and we're sorry in advance if that's the case but yeah we're not trying to be offensive We're trying to educate Mm -hmm. and, yeah, just fill people in a little more on this phenomenon. So I guess without further ado, we should mention that we hate MLMs. MLMs. So what is an MLM? And an MLM stands for multi-level marketing. It's a form of direct selling. So direct selling is when a business forms um, their selling strategy on person-to-person selling in places outside of the retail space. So like on your social media or home-to-home. Multi-level marketing is one form of direct selling. So generally, the multi-level marketer would distribute products or services through a network of salespeople who are not employees of the company. It's more like an independent contractor. And you're not earning income regularly. It's dependent upon your revenues and expenses, so how much product you buy and sell. Um, And the company is not responsible for recruiting their salespeople, but it relies on the existing salespeople to recruit more people, which creates those multiple levels, hence the name multi-level marketing. And yeah, so the reason it can be a little controversial is because multi-level marketings or MLMs are often referred to as pyramid schemes, which is a little bit of a dirty word. Definitely loaded. (laughs) Gets people riled up. Um, So Peter Vandernat, who is the senior economist of the FTC, says that an organization is deemed to be a pyramid scheme if the participants obtain their monetary benefits primarily from the recruitment rather than the sale of goods and services to the customers. So, um, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's dig into this a little bit deeper. Um, So let's talk about how you make money if you're a part of one of these organizations. There's a few different ways. So let's say that you're selling something. We'll use a real-life MLM as an example. One I'm really familiar with is Mary Kay Mm -hmm. that I've come across. So in Mary Kay, you buy, you know, a bunch of products from the company itself. And as Maddie mentioned, you're not an employee. You're kind of more of a contractor. So you've bought a bunch of goods from them. And you can either make money on your sales themselves, so like the individual lipsticks and eyeshadows and such that you're selling, or on the sales of the people who you recruit to work under you. So that's why in a lot of these situations that many of us may be familiar with, there is, you know, the selling itself, but then there's often also this this recruitment of bringing people in. Um, So that's um, a little bit of information on that. And then sort of the final thing to consider in terms of the profitability here is that 
for a lot of them, Herbalife is an example. You have to make purchases in the first place in order to be eligible for this income at all. So, you know, you're starting off buying things, and if you're not able to make those purchases, then you're not eligible for income in the first place. Yeah, and for a lot of people, the way they make their money from either selling their product or from the people underneath them selling their product, it often comes from people just buying these starter kits. So the more people you recruit and buy the starter kits, you make some money off of that, and that's a way income comes to you. That's It's just pretty shocking to sort of parse it out and figure out, you know, dissect these organizations and figure out how they work, because I think we're all aware that they exist or have some sniff of them in our lives, but... For me, at least, Maddie did a lot of the heavy lifting on this one, so it was really shocking like to learn from her you know, right before the show uh, a bit more detail about these. So let's talk about how to identify them as well. Um, the first easy one is the comp structure that we just laid out. Uh, if someone's trying to sort of entice you into chatting about one, just simply asking how they make money could be a bit illuminating on whether or not they might be an MLM. Mm -hmm. And then that emphasis on recruiting itself is also going to be a big signal to you because as Maddie mentioned, you know, the majority of people are likely not making money off the individual sales themselves so much as recruiting folks and the product that they're initially buying or the product that the folks that they recruit are buying and so on and so forth. Um, which kind of leads to a couple of other pieces of vocab that you might hear that might make you prick up your ears and think, okay, this might be a pyramid scheme. Um, An upline is a person who recruited you into the organization. So it's kind of like your Mary Kay mama or whatever. (laughs) And then a downline is the one or two or even sort of web and network of people who you've recruited. Um, Your like lineage, I guess, at that at that place yeah so if you recruited me into Mary Kay you'd be my upline I'd be your downline exactly and then everyone else that you recruited as well would be my downline too oh you're so lucky I know right (laughs) I know you're gonna get out there and hustle and speaking of that as well um if Maddie were to try and get out there and make all her recruits for our Mary Kay enterprise and like empire um, she might be reaching out to people and calling them hun on social media. So the way I did some of this research for this podcast was through a Reddit forum called Anti-MLM. And they often refer to the people who are in MLMs as hun or boss babe because that's often how they refer to themselves or reach out to other people and it's supposed to be nice right like hey hun like hey babe but it comes off a little insincere when you see how often they send those messages with that kind of intro takes away the sincerity so um reddit has sort of adopted that as like a way to call people who are in MLMs Mm-hmm, I love that. Use their own phrasing against them. Um, so that's something to look out for as well is that sort of verbiage in like Facebook posts or reach outs. Um, another thing that you might notice in these organizations is there's these conferences. And I only just learned this from Maddie as well. But I thought that these conferences, when I saw folks on my you know feed that I know are part of these organizations going to these conferences, I figured, oh, okay, well, the company's flying them out so on and so forth. 
not the case. They have these big conferences in Las Vegas and other destinations, but because the folks working um, and selling those products aren't employees, uh, once again, was a big revelation for me. Um, the company's not paying for their stay there. They're mm -hmm. actually individually spending thousands of dollars for the privilege of being at this conference, even though it's sort of branded as a company experience. Like a learning opportunity. And it's just unfortunate, like we work traditional nine to five jobs. All of our education is free, is provided by our company to be better at our job. And in this instance, you would pay to attend a conference most times. And I would imagine that there's probably a lot of pressure as well because part of what they're selling to you is the community. Mm -hmm. And like it might seem as though you're not making enough of an effort if you don't go to the conference. So it just, I see all the different ways that you're being sucked in um, to spend more and more money and invested in that company. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so a couple last things that will help clue you into, you know, if it might be an MLM is some sort of a car offer. Mercedes seems to be a common one or other luxury cars. I think it all started with the Mary Kay Cadillac. Yeah, the the signature pink Cadillac for top sellers. Mm -hmm. And so now there's a lot of different versions of that. Um, but it's crazy because they're actually not giving you a car. They're co-signing on a lease with you in the first place and then putting some of your profits towards that lease. That's the best of my understanding of it. But yeah, no one is going to give you a car. You, you'll have to um, lease it. And it usually even has the company name on it. But I want to be flaunting my car <laughs> sans employer logo. Yeah, especially if your employer is an MLM. Because not always going to be the most popular brand with everybody. Um, and then the last one it, that Maddie had taught me about was um, Garage Qualified. So that's just if you are constantly buying products in order to stay active in the community and in order to stay an active seller or get discounts, so much so that it fills up your own garage. You're not actually shifting any product. You're just continuing to load yourself up with more and more and putting yourself in further and further financial harm. Yeah. Yeah, and so the reason we wanted to tackle this today is because we've seen it in our own lives, right? And in research, we found that it impacts a huge variety of people. But even in our own networks, we've seen people involved in MLMs. My first exposure to it was um, when I was in high school. So I was a theater kid. And my um, coach, my vocal coach, started selling LuLaRoe. I did never heard of LuLaRoe. I just knew she was selling these bright colored clothes from her house. And then she became huge in it. She has a Facebook group with over 50,000 followers, people who watch her live streams, live sales, so much so that she quit her job. Her husband quit her job. They hired people. It's for them. It's a full-time business. They sell LuLaRoe. Um, which is a crazy, very rare success story. She has a lot of people under her, a lot of people who want to work under her in her downline because she provides them coaching and resources. So I guess she would be like the best example I have of like someone who's doing it with the best intentions. Um, and now post-college graduation, I've been surprised. I've seen so many people start picking up MLMs working with Young Living and Arbonne in particular, just selling that directly through their social medias. 
Absolutely. I also have similar, I have, well, not a similar experience because I think it is rare that someone is that successful in the first place. Um, but I do have basically this girl who wasn't even a close friend. She just happened to go to prom with someone in my prom group in high school. Random. So that's, yeah, we, we never really spoke ever other than that. And perhaps to just kind of highlight how much you end up exhausting your own personal network in an effort to recruit Mm-hmm. If you are a part of one of these MLMs, she reached out to me post-college. So at this point, I haven't spoken to the girl in about six years. Um, literally, hey girl was always the beginning of the message. Um, but she wanted to take some time, see how I was doing. That's the other thing. It's always it, it's often veiled as well. Like she didn't necessarily tell me that she was going to be giving me a presentation. Mm-hmm. And then when we hopped on FaceTime to catch up, like a full-on presentation is what was served to me. Oh, wow. And at the time, I was working a pretty great-paying job at a corporation. I'm very fortunate in that sense. But she was pitching it as if it was the best thing in the world. Her and her husband had also quit their jobs. We're doing this full-time. I don't know how successfully. Not sure. Um, But anyhow, she gave me the presentation. And then there was so much pressure following in uh, the follow-up. And I told her pretty pretty honestly, I'm not going to be involved in this. Like, this doesn't sound more compelling than my current job for me. And frankly, it sounds a little unstable in terms of its ability to help you feed yourself. That was my first and really probably only close-up experience with them. Yeah, and a lot of those tactics you mentioned are tactics that are often employed by people to get you enticed, to get you interested, to at least get you on the phone to talk about these opportunities. And it happens. Um, but, you know, there's we see our friends do it, but then there's also, like, huge celebrity involvement in promoting MLMs, which is very interesting because it absolutely legitimizes it. So I can't – it's hard for me to fault anyone. Like, I have a huge amount of empathy for people who end up getting involved in these kinds of organizations because they look around and they see – many celebrities let me give you some examples um i wrote this down and nikita said i should leave it but i said that chick from the spy kids movies (laughs) and her husband from the nickelodeon show which i decided is alexa vega and carlos something from (laughs) big time rush i know this could be solved with a google search but i feel like this is more organic Anyway, they promote Young Living and they even allow people to join their downline. So they'll promote it on Instagram stories and then say like, swipe up, join our team, join our team. And they'll show these videos of how many essential oils they have. And Young Living is um, a pyramid scheme. And similarly, Desiree, who was the bachelorette maybe six, seven years ago, she also sells and promotes Young Living. Um, Ronaldo, the soccer player. Weird huge Herbalife endorser will always um like promote Herbalife but then you never see him consuming it like regularly out and about he'll post a picture with it but then just like when you when he's playing a game you don't see him with an Herbalife shaker but Hmm. (laughs) he is promoting it and then the one that really shocked me I was watching um John Oliver's segment on last week tonight about MLMs and he showed a clip of Madeline Albright the first female United States Secretary of State promoting Herbalife. And so how can I fault someone 
for being interested and intrigued in Herbalife, for example, when Ronaldo, I think the most followed person on Instagram, and Madeleine Albright, former Secretary of State, are endorsing it. I can't fault you for that. That's huge. Exactly. And I think that that's, that's why we wanted to talk about it today and try and give kind of a measured and step-by-step how-to about identifying them. And, you know, some of the, some of the downsides as well because it's so hard to fight off, you know, these positive perceptions that are being mm-hmm. put out there by people, as you mentioned, that really legitimize it for us. Um, so in terms of some of the messaging that might come your way if someone's trying to entice you into joining their downline, um, they're going to tell you that you're going to be able to work from home, that you're going to be able to work from your phone, that this is going to be extra income. Um, oftentimes they're not going to position it as a quit your job and start doing this full time tomorrow because frankly that's a harder sell. Um, but at first it's going to start as oh, a side gig. Don't you want to make a little extra money on the side? Um, So that might be a a messaging that you get as well. They're going to mention that it'll help you connect with your friends, which is the funniest one to me because it's actually the complete opposite. Anyone I've seen who's involved has completely alienated their group of friends by constantly pitching them and everybody just wants to kind of run the other way when it comes to having a conversation or seeing this person at an event because they're just worried it's going to come up. To me, the better pitch is saying you could make friends in the company because I feel like it does build a strong community within the organization of sellers, but I feel like it can be a little bit taxing on your external network. Oh, totally. Exactly. And then other commonly noted um, points are going to be that you can be your own boss, be your own CEO. Why work for someone else when you can, you know, have this little business of your own, which is also ironic to me because you have an upline. So you, you really are not quite working for someone, but your profits are going into their pocket which is different than being your own CEO. So I think that's interesting too. Yeah, I know my boss doesn't take a percentage of my paycheck. At least not that I know of. Not that we know of. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, you know, being an entrepreneur is along the same lines. Uh, That Mercedes bit that we mentioned before, they might tout the fact that you may get a car. You're now informed enough to know that that is not the case. Mm -hmm. And if you need to co-sign a lease with someone, maybe co-sign it with your parents or another dependable adult that you trust. Maybe not a company that you're not even employed with. Um... They're going to run ads that show extravagant lifestyles. Maddie, you were telling me about one. Yeah, so um, I watched the Netflix documentary Betting on Zero, which is about Herbalife, and they were showing us some of the marketing messages that Herbalife uses, and they showed this crazy TV ad that they spent um, tons of money spreading all over, and it was a guy who was basically like, I saw this fancy car, then I joined Herbalife, then I bought the car, then I bought the house on the dream island, and now everyone, all my friends sell Herbalife, and we all own houses on this island. It was just like, it spiraled out into this crazy message. Wow. That is interesting. And it's worth noting that I feel like some of the actual most reliable and well-paying companies out there don't do things like that, which... That's true. That's not how I was recruited into my job. No, me neither. (laughs) Shockingly. And then the final point is that it's just, they're tapping into ultimately 
that desire that we all have to follow the American dream, to be a self-made person and potentially achieve unlimited wealth by putting in the work. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll get into it a bit later about how that's really not the reality of things. Um, The last thing, type of messaging that you might get (laughs) might actually be dangerous. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, I didn't know. Nikita, Nikita, Nikita. So this isn't a message that people use to sell, but it's a message I wanted to work in here somehow, which is that some of the essential oil MLMs, including Young Living and doTERRA, promote the messaging that you can ingest their product. Now that doesn't come from the corporation, but the sellers will often say that. Say like, oh, I made a lavender lemonade using this essential oil. Um, And that's super dangerous because they're not food grade essential oils. Which was news to me because (laughs) I eat doTERRA almost every day. Um, But you know what? We're all learning together. That's the important part. So I'm going to stop doing that. I would love that for you. Yeah. Yeah. We love that. We love that move for me. (laughs) Okay. So obviously we hate MLMs and here's our best reasoning, our best plea to you to avoid joining an MLM if you can. Um, So often the messaging is, you know, you join, you recruit three or four people, they recruit three or four people, and so on and so on. Let's say they go with like four or five. If we go with five people, if you recruit five, everyone recruits five people, after 14 cycles of that, you would literally run out of people on the earth. So it doesn't go very far if everyone recruits five people. So the messaging is flawed and you're going to run out of the pool of sellers eventually that you could possibly recruit. Um, And keep irritating your friends in the process because you'll inevitably keep going back to the same people. Right. And that's something people see a lot. Um, The next thing is that it's just unfortunately statistically improbable that you will make money. Um, According to an Inc.com article we found about direct sales, the median income for an MLM rep is about $2,400 per year. And that is most likely not including the expenses that you incur to create that revenue. Um, And even when you're looking at companies and looking at their sales distribution and their income distribution, most people are at the bottom tier of the company. So when you're in an MLM, you start off as just a basic seller and then you can get promoted to different levels based on your sales. Most people are in the bottom tier and most people in the bottom tier make zero dollars. So even in, for example, FTC looked into Herbalife, found the overwhelming majority make little to no money and a substantial amount lose money. So that's a consideration as well. Um, additionally, just your probability of success declines as more people join, it's, and it's harder to join when you're at the bottom. Um, additionally, many MLMs have a buy-in cost, which can range. So for example, some of my friends sell Arbonne, they really boast a small registration fee, it's like $49, but LuLaRoe, to start there, you have to buy their starter set of clothes, which costs $5,000. That's crazy. So you have to buy this in, and there's no guarantee of success. Now, many companies, including LuLaRoe, promise to buy things back that you can't sell or that are defective. Often things will arrive that have defects. Um, But they make it 
possible or very difficult to actually do that. So what can happen is product dumping. So if I'm a LuLaRoe rep, I'm having a really hard time selling it. LuLaRoe won't buy it back. I'll slash the price. I'll cut it in half. I'll do a yard sale, buy two, get one free, whatever it is, or I'll just donate it to Goodwill. And I will flood the market and every other person who's having a hard time with LuLaRoe will flood the market and slash the prices, which then makes it infinitely more difficult for people who are actively selling to get the full retail value. So it's just all in all very difficult to make money from this. And that's why we recommend you avoid it. But I understand that MLMs are by no means a small business. According to Herbalife's website, they have 2.3 million distributors worldwide. Young Living said in 2018 that they have had 4 million members since founding. LuLaRoe had 77,000 sellers in 2017, remember, with that $5,000 startup cost. Now they've dropped down to 35,000 and people have filed bankruptcy over LuLaRoe in over 30 states. So it is definitely impacting people and we're starting to see that trend, but um, it's it's not small. It is not small. Mm-mm. And... And really, this is just the tip of the iceberg of information we can offer you. We are not experts. Don't claim to be. Again, this is like you're having a a wine night with us and this is what we believe and see. Um, If you are not in a multi-level marketing company, strongly recommend you avoid it if you can. Um, If you're in one, Balance your books. Do your due diligence. Maybe you're like my old vocal coach and you're making crazy money from it and you're happy and you're doing well by your downlines and it's working for you. But if you could be spending your time and making money better somewhere else, that's important to know. Very much so. And some research that we did and looked at in preparation for this that may be helpful for you if you want to make your own decisions. Um, There is a John Oliver last week tonight segment available on YouTube that um, it does a great overview of that. Betting on Zero is a Netflix you can find on documentary. Um, This investor, Bill Ackman, made a short bet that Herbalife would be worth zero dollars. And he made a huge bet on that. And it's a very informative video. Pyramid Scheme Alert is an organization you can use to get more information. Is this an MLM.com? You can type in the name of any company and it will tell you if it's an MLM and where to get more resources. So, oh, and in addition, there's even um, YouTube documentaries about different MLMs. You can find one on LuLaRoe there as well. I believe Vox did it. So lots of resources out there in many different forms. So if you're a video person or an article person, we got you. Um, and yeah, feel, feel free to do your own due diligence and make your own decisions about it. Well, that's our show for today. So thank you so much for listening. And please remember to reach out to us through any of our channels on email where we hate that podcast at Gmail on Insta where at we hate that podcast, Twitter at we hate that pod. And please give us any thoughts about the format or about this show in particular. We're still very new. So we would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. And that's all we're signing off for today. But always remember... We We hate hate that, but we love you. you.